You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's news and insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Tax Wrap podcast. Um, I'm Steve Burnham, and I'm joined by David Ebden again. Hi, Steve. Steve. We have a, a, a special guest today, Simon Dorovich. Hello, Simon. Hi, Steve. Uh, Simon's from the uh, from ANA Tax Legal Consulting, and um, has uh, offered to come and talk to us today. We're actually following up on a, on a podcast we ran a few weeks ago, which was on uh, double taxation agreements. And um, uh, a relevant topic to that is uh, the, the topic of permanent establishments and how all that fits in with, the, with that regime. So, Simon, what's the, what's the goss? Uh, well, as David mentioned in the podcast a few weeks ago, uh, international taxation, it, it's not just an area anymore for multinational corporations and the the big four yeah. uh, tax advisors really uh, more and more companies are uh, expanding offshore whether it's uh, foreign companies uh, operating now in Australia and Australian companies uh, SMEs uh, included uh, going overseas yeah. Uh, yeah. and the taxation of uh, yeah of those uh, activities uh, is often dependent on the double taxation treaty. Uh, and one aspect of double taxation uh, treaties or, or double taxation agreements uh, is the concept of permanent establishments. So um, so why has the permanent establishments become a big thing? Uh, well, you, you may have heard of the uh, OECD's BEPS program uh, or project, uh, that's uh, base erosion and profit shifting. Uh, in the news, we often read about uh, companies uh, allegedly not paying their, oh, yes. their fair share of tax. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And the BEPS project is really uh, all about uh, trying to uh, close these these loopholes and okay. and uh, increase the tax collection of, of OECD countries, which, of course, Australia is, is a member. Uh, and one of the uh, the action plans of the uh, project that they're going through is one that's focusing on permanent establishments. Uh, and broadly what they're saying is that they've uncovered some evidence of some companies uh, entering into, say, uh, what it sees as artificial uh, arrangements mm. to try to avoid... Uh, having a permanent establishment. So they're uh, expanding the, the definition of uh, what constitutes a PE uh, and also limiting uh, the exclusions. Uh, mm. And so trying to close these loopholes and uh, enable their, their member countries to, to gather more taxes. It, it sort, of, sort of sounds to me like it's the resident, non-resident for entities for you know corporate entities is that one way of looking at it it's uh, establishing whether you are a tax paying entity by having a permanent establishment or not is that am I sort of missing the mark or is that kind of uh, no no that, that that is on the mark mm. so uh, if for example a foreign uh, enterprise wanted to do business in Australia uh, they could of course uh, set up an Australian company you mm. know incorporate one you know PTY LTD uh, through ASIC for example uh, and there'd be no question that that com- company is a resident of Australia right. and therefore the ATO will have the right to to tax uh, its income. But instead of setting up a subsidiary company, it, it may instead uh, choose to simply do business 
um, through a through a branch office that it, for example, that it sets up in Australia, uh, and there you get into issues of, well, which country will have the right to tax that income? The is it Australia? Yeah. Uh, the the source country of that income, or is it the foreign enterprises home country? Uh, and you know the question of who gets to tax income and and avoiding uh, double taxation where two countries seek to tax it uh, is of course what uh, DTAs are, are all about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, how many countries would this would this change affect the proposed uh, program? Uh, well, the the OECD is the. Uh, so it's the organisation of uh, the world's developed companies. Okay. Uh, so a, a minority of uh, you know the 190 or so uh, countries around the world, but certainly a majority of countries that Australia does business with. Uh, okay. The vast bulk of our our trade is with other uh, developed uh, yeah, nations. The Western world and. Asia and mm. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly right. Just on the specifics of permitted establishments, do they have to be here for a certain time? Does it is it like last financial year or the current whole year? Uh, well, time absolutely does come come into play. Uh, the general principle is that uh, a mere sort of brief and temporary presence in Australia uh, isn't enough to to uh, constitute a permanent establishment. Right. Uh, uh, they're really looking more towards uh, a, a longer, uh, you know, more durable presence. Yep. Uh, so in terms of the, the time frame, uh, it really depends uh, largely... Six months is a rule of thumb, uh, but, of course, it's always important to, to check the individual double taxation agreement of the country that you're dealing with uh, and of course, you know the ATO and uh, interpretation of the rules. But six months as a rule of thumb, uh, and in the context of uh, a, pro a building project, a uh, construction, a construction, yep. a pipeline, a road, a bridge, a tunnel, oh, yeah. th <laughs> these sorts of things, uh, twelve months uh, is often the uh, the required time frame. But uh, again, uh, always important to to check the individual DTA. Right, yep. Okay, and how long are these, uh, the changes proposed by the BEPS, um, what's the time frame for the changes being made? Sure, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, these, these things don't happen overnight. Oh, of course uh, they don't. Yep. They've, they've been negotiated for a number of years now already, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the countries involved have in fact reached a final report uh, on okay. changes that will be made uh, and now it's uh, up to the individual countries to to adopt, the, uh, to yeah. adopt those changes okay. and the idea is to help that process along via what's known as a, a multilateral instrument uh, but of course each individual DTA is between two Two, two countries. countries. Now, the the goal is to have these new rules in place by the first of January, uh, twenty nineteen. Okay. So still some time to uh, to get used to uh, the new rules and for businesses to to plan uh, and advisors to to um, to plan uh, what changes might be required. And still, twenty nineteen is not that far away. I mean, it it, it is, but yeah, <laughs> in time, the flies, in time flies. Time um, yeah. flies. One little. Uh, 
uh, fact, Simon, that you um, uncovered, which is which I didn't know, is the uh, you sp speak of the base erosion profit shifting and the OECD's model treaty. Um, apparently, goes back many, many years. Uh, this sort of dealing with other countries, um, back to the 1800s, I think you were saying. Uh, apparently so. Uh, I think D David is the uh, resident uh, history, history buff, uh, <laughs> buff of, uh, of uh, Tax and Super Australia. But uh, yes, it's uh, going back, to, as you say, to the 1800s. And before the uh, OECD, uh, the League of Nations, uh, which is, of course, the predecessor organisation to the UN, uh, came up with their own treaty uh, model uh, tax treaty that included a definition of permanent establishments. Is it right? So, yeah. uh, and in fact, the uh, for countries that uh, aren't uh, part of the OECD or, and choose not yeah. to uh, write their treaties uh, based on the OECD model, uh, there is also a United Nations uh, treaty that uh, has its own definition of permanent establishment. I see. Uh, one that's a little broader... Uh, than the the OECD and uh, the one that Australia applies, right. uh, so more likely to create a, a PE under the the UN's model. Oh right, yep, okay. And do they? I mean, do other countries have similar uh, taxation revenue concerns that that obviously Australia is uh, trying to come to terms with? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. It, it's it's not just Australia as as this uh, BEPS OECD BEPS project uh, proves. Yeah, yeah, okay. So does a company have to have like a bricks and mortar presence? No, not necessarily. Uh, there are, uh, for example, a, a permanent establishment could be created by a what they refer to as a dependent agent. Uh, so that could be, for example, uh, if, uh, if the business sends an employee uh, to Australia uh, for, say, a year to... Uh, try to uh, sell the, sell the products of the business, uh, get new customers. Uh, that may in fact uh, create a, a PE, mm. even if they're not, you know, operating through a um, shop front. Yeah, a shop front. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if that employee is negotiating contracts uh, with uh, customers. Uh, then that could very well constitute a permanent establishment. Right. But again, the time, that time frame is kept in mind, I assume? Uh, yes. Again, a, a rule of thumb, but uh, if the employee was in Australia for, for less than six months, uh, it would be less likely that uh, there would be a permanent establishment. Right. Okay, no, it's certainly very interesting. It is. I've learned a lot. And if they, if they can get more tax revenue and they don't have to get tax as much as my tax revenue, but that's uh, that suits me. If they, no, we do. We do, it is a problem. Okay, that's uh, that's amazing. And uh, our listeners should also be aware that the uh, the topic of uh, permanent establishments will feature in the um, when is it that the early September September issue. issue of the Taxpayer Journal. So keep an eye out on that. Simon, thank you very much again for coming in and uh, talking to our listeners. Uh, my pleasure. Th thanks for having me on. Uh, David, once again, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Steve, and, and thank you, Simon. Please come back next week. Right. Thank, thank you. you.